And now, a presentation on the Mental Health News Radio Network. The Outer Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Ryan, that is a freaking awesome question. You are the power, and you do not need anybody's permission. He's the only guy that ever crawled out of a grave where people didn't go, oh, ah! Don't worry, don't be afraid, ever, because this is just a ride. You're, you're a great interviewer. You're one of the best. If this is the best God can do, I am not impressed. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the Outer Limits of Minitude Radio Show. OuterLimitsRadio.com. I'm your host, Ryan, and joining us is, uh, is a special co-host for today. Uh, what's your name, son? Ryder William McCormick, uh, my little boy. Uh, obviously, this kid, he's much better looking than me, I'll tell you that for one thing. Ryder William McCormick! Yeah, and I think he's, he wants to take over the show. Uh, Ryder, how old are you? Two. And let me ask you this, uh, how many beers do you like to have on a regular basis? No, I only drink my water. Oh, yeah? Well, everyone wants to know, um, who were you in a last lifetime? Hi, Dar. A screwdriver, Daddy? No, we can't have a screwdriver. Oh, wanna, have... Daddy, wanna no. have a Daddy? All right, I love you. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, co-host, Mr. Ryder, William McCormick. That little boy is my entire world. And, uh, you know, I've told you uh, a lot about him, and you probably know more about my life than uh, most people do. I you know, just want to let you know that uh, I've shared things with you that I haven't told a lot of people, so... Um, I want to say that you know I, I value our relationship. I, I, I don't take it for granted. I want to say uh, thank you. And before I tell you who our featured guest is, I just want to let you know that the show has reached an incredible milestone. We we reached a million downloads, a million, million listens. So uh, thanks to all of you, and uh, just uh, just thrilled. Our featured guest is a very powerful teacher. She's somebody who's going to teach uh, how to utilize magic and utilize that to improve your own life and to bring a lot of peace into this world. But, um, you know, she's somebody who's uh, considered to be the best in their field, and she's just warm, and she's a lot of energy. But um, thank you again for allowing my son, co-host, to be with us today, and uh, let's begin tonight's show. It is the highest of honors and joys to welcome back to the show an individual who has saved me from sudden death and a, a couple stints in prison a few times. Her name is Lisa McGarity. Great to be with you tonight, Thank Ryan. You. Thank you for having me. I'm really looking forward to this. Thank you. And uh, Lisa is an incredible psychic medium. She's also the owner of a store called Envision Crystal, envisioncrystal.com. Or with that, Ms. McGarity, by going to her website, lisamcgarity.com. Sorry. Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you. Yeah, the audio just kind of have to do the introduction one more time. Okay, no problem. Must be the uh, energy. Okay, here we go. And five, four, three, two, one. Welcome back to the show is an individual who saved me from prison and uh, death uh, quite a number of times. A very powerful, popular guest. Her name is psychic medium Lisa McGarity. And you can learn more about Miss McGarity by going to two different websites. You can go to envisioncrystal.com and you can also go to lisamcgarity.com. Miss McGarity, always a pleasure to see your face once again. Thank you for having me tonight, Ryan. I'm really looking forward to our chat. Thank you. So as a person, 
who not only is more sensitive than the average person, individual, but you're also awake and aware, like most people who listen to the show are. What are you internalizing right now or visually seeing changing occurring within the world? And how are you are you more hopeful or are you more pessimistic than you were maybe five or six months ago? I mean, it's definitely been a roller coaster for those of us who are trying to stay awake, right? It's been mm-hmm. insane. Every day we get some good news, every day we get some difficult news, challenging news. Um, you know, I'm I'm normally an optimistic person. You've known me a long time and I really try to keep things positive, but we're in a dark time. It's it's for sure spiritual warfare, no doubt about it. And I really believe that we're entering a time, we're in it now. I shouldn't say we're entering, we're in a time now of freedom versus tyranny. That's the theme. So each of us has to find that space inside where we can contact freedom. Okay. And within the mind of source, like you call it the the creator, why does this, within this mind of source, outside of the human uh, constructs of the human body and physical reality, must a spiritual warfare take place? Is this to the amusement of source? I mean, hypothetically speaking, are we uh, microcosms of what's happening in our own mind? We were debating and deciding something and trying to make a decision on something. I think what's happening is that we're having experiences and we're having both light experiences and shadow experiences. It's super popular right now to talk about shadow work and you know, do working on your own inner demons. And that's great. And I'm all for it. But I think that's what's happening in the actual collective right now. I feel like all the underbelly of humanity of creation is really kind of coming up to the surface in an attempt to heal so that people can understand the darkness that's in them and around them. And, you know, I've always had spiritual teachers who've told me that if you are aware that something's happening, then you are participating in creating it. So that's kind of spooky if you think about it. We've got a lot of weird, odd, dark things happening in the world right now. Mm. So it's important for us to take some inner assessment and say, you know, is there a part of me, a shadowy, subconscious part of me that somehow is saying okay to this? And if there is, then it's time to definitely do that healing work. Okay. I'm really glad that you that. You you're you're looking at me No, 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 no. It does make sense. I'm just yeah. intensely focused because I brought that up to a teacher her name is Swami Sachidanan and I had a conversation with her about it and I said you know I'm I'm well aware of this this tyranny that's happening and she says don't give it any of atten- any attention and I thought about what, what uh, the focal lesson was in this film that came out in 2004 um what the bleak do we know and apparently they were talking about particle state a particle only becomes a particle when it has an observer and I'm wondering does the tyranny or the evil manifest continue to be strong because it has an audience if people did not focus on that and not look at it it would it not be as strong i think that's absolutely true i think that each one of us has to live as free as possible every day with very very little focus on what's mean-spirited cruel or tyrannical there are those forces we see them that are trying to encroach on our liberty But by making yourself free and giving very little attention, just minor attention to what's going on that's negative, but really living, fully embracing what's positive, that is actually what will set the world free. Okay. It sounds counterintuitive, but I believe that will be the way. I think think it's awesome. And um, being a person who's um, in that fight, when you look at certain people and you, because you have this incredible sensitivity... 
do you see certain energy or frequencies where you can tell that certain people are in this fight or certain people are are, are kind of like they're called NPCs? Is there any kind of indication that you can tell when somebody is uh, a part of the problem, part of the solution? And at the same time, is there anything on an energetic or intuitive level that other people can do to kind of sort out and pull out individuals that they wish to align with or individuals they should avoid when it comes to this great big battle? Right. And and you're right. It is a great big battle. So when you are encountering people that are giving you that deadpan stare, yeah. there, there's no emotion there. There's no humor. That's a that's a big giveaway. Right. No sense of humor <laughs> or, giggle or, you know, make fun of themselves at least a little bit. That's a big clue. And if it's people who are so um, focused on the dire and the terrible and the awful, I like to avoid those people. I hate to say it. I look for the people that make me smile. I look for the people that are doing creative things, even in the midst of, you know, whatever's going on in the rest of the world. I look for the people that are being real true to their own personal dream, that they haven't surrendered it. They're still doing the stuff that they want to do as human beings on planet Earth. Those are the people that we want to give the most power to and the most energy to, because that's the thing we want to grow. Right. I hope that makes sense. Does yeah. make sense. So if somebody's being positive, not being, it's, is it worthwhile to just focus on focus on them knowing that they're going to have a more profound energetic effect? Totally. 100%. Yeah. Excellent. And over the years, I've learned so much from you. And when I've always been in your store at Vision Crystal, which if you get a chance to go to Port Jefferson, New York, it is a wonderful historical place, small little mm-hmm. store. And I found it very interesting that you have a number of different oils and you have a number of different crystals that when utilized by an individual with a certain intention, it can magnify, I think, I don't know if it's a manifestation, but it kind of could increase their ability to uh, bring forth a desire that maybe they wouldn't necessarily be able to do in a uh, speed or even possibility had they not incorporated some of these techniques like the crystals and the oils. Can you please talk a little bit about what that does, why uh, utilizing those uh, products can actually increase your ability to bring forth a desired outcome. Sure, absolutely. So Envision Crystal is a teeny tiny little magical shop, and we've been in Port Jefferson since 1987. And I think I have somebody here. Wait, hold on a second. Hold on. Oh, okay. Thank you. I'm sorry. Oh, someone came in the front door. I'm good. <laughs> That's what happens when you leave the door unlocked. Okay. So where was I? So here we are at Envision Crystal and we have a really fantastic uh, clientele and we have a bunch of different things that can help you to enhance your aura. So what you're talking about with oils and crystals and candles and all the different tools that we have, they are definitely vibratory. They have a vibration. And if you work with that vibration, then you can align yourself with it and you're able to just kind of change the way that your own energy is humming and singing. And that can bring you closer to whatever your own intention is. So that's what we like to do here. Okay. So if you have a, let's say, for example, you are very intense and you have a a series of intense emotions that would be considered on the lower end or even on the higher end. And yet you're working with crystals and holding on to them that have their own vibration. Which one is ultimately going to prevail? Is it going to be the crystal that has the more pure form or the more uh, powerful vibration that you align to that? 
or is mm -hmm. it the energy of the person that supersedes that? I'm just curious how the whole thing works. Right. There has to be like a cooperative resonance. So if a person is completely not open to the vibration of the crystal, it won't really have any effect or very little effect. But it's when someone has this open hearted, like, hey, I can sense this and I'm exchanging energy with the stones or the herbs or any of the tools that we sell. That's when the change happens. You kind of have to give a little bit of permission to share in the energy. Okay. So, and with these stones, I've done this thing where apparently you're, you're supposed to put them out during a full moon to recharge them. How does that work? I mean, do you hang on to these stones forever? Did they lose their energetic properties? Well, the great things, yeah. I mean, the great thing about crystals is that they are evolving and changing at a very, very, very slow rate. So, yeah, they may, you know, change properties or that really, I would never say it would lose, a stone would lose its property, but it may change its vibration just like we change. But because they are stones, they're not changing as fast as the, you know, animal kingdom or the mineral kingdom. They are the mineral kingdom or the plant kingdom. So their rate of change is a lot slower. So they're more stable for us. And that's one of the reasons they can help us a lot. And when you do that, Ryan, when you put out your stones under the full moon, you're really helping that stone to be its best. You're helping the stone be purified and aligned with whatever intention you really want it to hold. And that's part of where all that magic comes from. So, and speaking of magic, my understanding is that you are opening up your doors and you are going to be teaching individuals to cultivate magic. And some people, well, I mean, I mean, if you're listening to the outer limits, you know that we explore all areas and all topics and before I ask you this question, I just want to say from firsthand experience, I've started to utilize some of these techniques and I've started to apply myself whenever possible uh, to try to learn to, to practice some of these techniques. And I have to say it's been a beautiful experience. I've also, I also messed up a little bit. I think that when I first started doing it, I brought in too much energy or something. And I, <laughs> something um, happened. <laughs> something, yeah, something definitely happened. It was, it was pretty, it was pretty wild. So uh, from your perspective, can you please talk a little bit about your program Sure. What people can learn and how some of the what are some of the practical applications of magic? Yeah, I'm I'm super excited this year. A lot of people have been asking me to teach a magic class or to really give out more lessons on how to incorporate magic into your personal life. And you know, I gave it some consideration. As you know, you know me a long time. I'm not really um, very much a person who likes to be social, but I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm I'm doing 13 email lessons, but I'm also going to do a monthly live Q and A. I'm really trying to open the door. I want to have some in-person meetups for the people who are nearby geographically. And, you know, I just want to share what's been so meaningful in my life, which is how to create sacred space and how to really create from contacting source. And a big part of the way that I practice has to do with the elements and balancing elements. It's really kind of like the law of attraction, except you're incorporating everything that it really takes to create a balanced outcome and a faster outcome than maybe some more uh, mainstream new age practices do. So, and I'm curious as to why the collective, or if you're looking at, at source, um, right. you know, if we are manifestations or imaginary, imagine imaginations, creations of source, why would doing a, putting in a certain sequence or a certain code bring forth a result quicker or in a, in a more intense, more beautified fashion as opposed to, let's say, meditating on it or just going about a daily practice, what is it about the practice of magic and what you do, what you teach 
that allows you to accelerate that result or the practice in general? Yeah, that's a super good question. Thank I you. think it's a great question. And when I first really started actively practicing magic, I had a great teacher who made an offhand remark to me, but it really stuck with me. She said, well, magic spells are just like prayers only with props. And I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, props. That's that's what it is. But what I've learned over the years is that if you have the oil, the candle, the incense, you're incorporating all of the senses. You're incorporating sight, sound, scent, everything that could possibly trigger your own experience. So it becomes an experiential practice. So you really literally embody your your manifestation. It's not just a thought in your head or even just a feeling in your heart, but your physical self becomes engaged with the whole practice too. And by doing that, by by bringing all five senses into it, then your intention goes deep inside your subconscious mind. It's not just, it's not just like a thought like, oh, I'm going to think positive today. You know, I'm going to manifest a big lottery winner, you know, whatever it is people are trying to manifest, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or people will sit around. I've had, I've had clients recently who say, oh, I did 10, the 10,000 manifestation challenge. I didn't know what that was. Where you say one thing 10,000 times, I guess, until it manifests. I don't know if you've heard of this. I think, well, okay, that'll probably work. It could work, mm-hmm. but in, there's a much easier way. And so I think the practice of magic is about creating harmony and having a very simple, low-stress life so that when you do have an intention, you have a way to get there that's smooth, easy, harmonious, that doesn't cause chaos. So the opposite of what happened to you, Ryan. It, sh- it should actually be smoothing. <laughs> yeah, that, uh, hopefully it'll be smooth. I think what that happened with me is I was doing this um, – I had a Zoom experience and there was just, I think there was just too much energy. I think I didn't, I don't know if I redirected it the right way. And actually the lead into the next question is if you are beginning this, what are some of the precautions for it? What are some of the things you should be aware of when you're doing it? Because maybe you may not be so aware of what you're doing. I mean, I, quite frankly, right. I thought I was doing the right thing, but right. I'm the type of person who could, you know, I could get lost in a closet in some way. Stop. That's not true. Is that true? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, listen, it's always good to have a teacher, right? It's yeah. always good to have a friend or a teacher or somebody to talk things over with. Um, just in case it doesn't go smooth, you want to be able to check in with your, your mentors and your friends. That's yeah. always a super good idea. This is a way of working that will bring your subconscious right up to the consciousness. So if, if there's something that you have that's a block or maybe just a stuck spot or a way of thinking that doesn't work anymore, it's going to come right up if you start to practice magic. So you want a little bit of a support group around you, real healthy and you know good-natured people that can help you move past that. Because right past that, that's where all the power really is. And that's when you can start to make things happen quickly, smoothly, easily, without too much struggle. Okay. And when you are engaging in magic are you also increasing a your dialogue with your higher self because you so you're talking about the subconscious the mind the mm-hmm. subconscious mind and i always wonder if the higher self is the the next you know major move over where your direct connection with your spirit and it goes into your right. subconscious and your, your conscious mind does that uh, basically open yourself up to yourself to your infinite awareness Well, I think what happens is that inside, we think of the subconscious almost like a negative place or a dark place, and it can be, but there's also this kind of fertile, undifferentiated energy that lives there. And that's really where human creation begins is in that fertile subconscious mind. So hopefully, yes, as you, as you begin to practice or do any spiritual practice, your own higher self will have a, a, 
more influence over your daily routine, over your intentions, over knowing your purpose. So it's both. So you're making, you know, in magic, we say as above, so below. That's a very common expression. Mm -hmm. So yes, you want to be in contact with your higher self and then your subconscious self as well. That's, you know, the lower inner part of you. Um, That axiom actually has a lot of meanings, but that's the simplest one. Meaning that, yes, you want to operate from your superconscious as well as your subconscious. And that by having both of them in sync, that's a way to really, really be an evolved person, a person who can access their own creative power and really work real magic. Awesome. Well, when applied to positive uh, measures, the other night, what I tend to do is I, I watch uh, you know, various, I go on YouTube a lot. I really don't watch TV, but I watched this, this trailer for this film and it was about this lady. She opened this old book and she's like, I'm going to read a lullaby for my kid. And when she read the lullaby, she, she summoned like this demon. She's like, oh, I didn't know it was a lullaby in an old book. I'm like, and as soon as I saw that, I was like, it was right before I about to go to bed. I'm like, that's, that's exactly what would happen to me. I'm like, I don't want that to happen. So I'm like, is there anything you can do to ensure that you do not accidentally you know, summon something that would summon be, a demon. That, yeah, summon a demon. I, I don't want that to happen. I know people that no. they, they, they do, they owe your board, what, what are they called? And like, we're just going to talk to cousin Larry. And like, all of a sudden, the, 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 the plot of the next uh, exorcist movie. I don't want that to happen. And I don't think anyone else wants it to happen. So, but no, I mean, no, no one wants he, that. He accidentally do that by, by putting, uh, by doing a, you know, a ceremony in the wrong way or by doing it reverse. Like, well, you did reverse of what you were supposed to do. So you got the, the, the dark instead of the light. I mean, I just, are there any things you should be very careful of or precautionary uh, uh, things you should do before engaging in any kind of, um, you know, magic? Well, the first thing I would say is for, for sure, you know, Hollywood depicts spirits in a really dark way that's not necessarily true, right? So, I mean, you're not going to have a hundred, you know, bat-winged creatures come and try to like suck your blood. I mean, I guess it could happen, <laughs> but it hasn't happened to me yet. So I, I'm safe, I really do. But if you call something that by accident, that would mean you either lost focus, didn't really know what you were thinking of, or something came that just looked different than what you expected it to look like, right? So if you read some of the biblical descriptions um, of angels, you know, they have 10,000 eyes and a hundred red wings and seven feet. And, you know, they're really, they they could be fearsome looking. So I think something to think about is we, we have an expectation that, you know, an angel will look like a perfectly tanned, golden haired man or woman with a harp and a halo. And that's not necessarily the case, Right. And some helpful spirits might look a little spookier, different than we expect to. But if you're in control of yourself and you're in control of your intention and you keep it relatively simple, then you'll definitely be safe. Okay. And when you keep yourself strong, if you're going to consider this as, you know, serious practice, should you take a um, bit of a break from alcohol or cannabis or anything else that theoretically speaking could have an effect on altering your consciousness? Right. I mean, I am a person that doesn't drink very much. I'm, I don't happen to use cannabis. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. It's just not my thing. Um, so for me, I don't really engage in a lot of that. Um, I do know lots of people who use tons of drugs and alcohol and practice magic and all seem fine. So I think it's kind of a personal choice. I would never tell someone else, you know, do or don't do yeah. this. I, I really think it's a personal choice. Okay. Uh, well, I just want to make sure that we're all set and we're okay. And 
just yeah. want to talk a little bit about your experience because I love the the fact that you, you have these guys that you communicate with and that you're in contact with with beings. In your experience, do you find that there are lower level beings, hypothetically speaking, that maybe not necessarily be like hellacious, but they're not necessarily divine, but they, they relay information to you? What kind of um, beings do you tend to communicate with and uh, how can people open themselves up to communicating with beings, but not necessarily become hosts for those beings, not so they become, allow that being to take a parasitic form of them. Right. So, I mean, you said it before, and I just want to echo what you said earlier. We want to be in control of ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. So you want to have a boundary around yourself so that nothing that doesn't belong stays. Okay. So you should have a little bit of a routine. If you, if you're going to do spiritual work, you want a little bit of a, Hey, this is how I begin. This is how I close. And this, uh, this is where I say, okay, anything that doesn't belong here leaves. So that should be built into your practice in some way. It could be done with, you know, sacred smoke. It could be done with, you know, a simple practice. Sometimes in between clients, I just wash my hands. And as I'm washing my hands, I say, you know, what doesn't belong, what, what goes to the previous client goes, and I'm open and ready for the next person who's here to sit with me. It's just a way of kind of mentally changing my aura and it works real quick and easy. So it doesn't necessarily have to be this wild, crazy spiritual routine to make that transition, but you do need to make that transition. I do. I think the first part of what you asked me is, are there lower, lower level spirits communicating with me? And sometimes there are, you know, um, sometimes I'll ask questions about, you know, the world or uh, various people. And I think that there are at times um, helpful spirits or, or maybe even just neutral spirits who will come when you call and they'll bring information. But you do, of course, have to kind of test that information and make sure it's actually valid and it's actually helpful and makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah I, I, I give you so much credit because I know that in the past, I don't know if you still do this, but I know that you've done the ghost tours, you show people around. <laughs> I would be so freaked out if a book <laughs> or anything falls in the house, I just assume it's like we've got ghosts here, and I just start staging right away. That happens I, I, every week. We have books <laughs> and stuff jump into people's hands. We have that kind of thing happen all the time. So, jeez, I give you so much credit for being able to handle that because I'd be so freaked out. I don't know. I just, I guess, it's because I, maybe I watch too many horror movies or something. I just don't. I don't want to. I like. I would like to hang out with some light beings, but I don't want to see the dark, fugly ones. But maybe they're scared of me. Maybe like to them, they're like, oh my God, that guy's so ugly. He, I'm their ghost and I could be scaring them. Who knows? I, not because you're unattractive. That's not it. But <laughs> I think we scare the ghosts too. I do really? think there are that are scared of the living for sure. Definitely. And is there any, well, speaking of ghosts, is there anything we can do now to minimize our chances of becoming a ghost afterwards. I quite frankly, I don't want to hang around here. And I'm just so afraid that something crazy will happen where I'm at, my spirit's going to hang around. Like, I just want to get off earth. Is there anything you can do? I mean, can you write something down and make a contract and say, by the way, when I'm dead, just to make sure on the energetic purpose that I do not come back as a ghost? <laughs> Is this a real fear of yours? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think a lot about this stuff. Okay. I do. I know. I, I mean, I mean, I don't know. I, mean, I, I, I could be the only one. I could be the only one that thinks about yeah. that. I don't want to come back. I don't want to be the ghost. 
Well, I think what happens a lot, pe- the people, because ghosts begins people, right? So mm-hmm. I think the people that end up stuck here um, are people that are either really, really consumed by one issue or one relationship or one obligation, and they don't want to leave because they feel they didn't finish that thing, right? So some ghosts are connected to a particular place because they lived there or they didn't get to finish the battle they thought they were fighting. So they end up staying on the battlefield. That can happen. There are ghosts that, you know, love their child and they stay in the same building where the child lived, but they they seem to not have an awareness that time has really moved on. But the best thing you can do if you don't want to literally become a ghost, that's like the, one of the funniest things anybody ever asked me, <laughs> is to have a plan for death, right? Yeah. Like you have a, okay, when I die, I'm going to go meet my beloved people who went before me. I'm going to you know, have, a, have a plan, have an understanding of what will happen afterlife and in between lives. And that, that will prevent you from getting stuck here. And the real secret, the secret that I think every religion kind of hints at, but they never directly say, is that the same free will we have on earth, we also have in the next world. So the minute you choose and you say to yourself, okay, I'm done with this. I want to move on. Then bam, you're moving on. You're catapulting through space and time to the place you need to be. So it's really about choice, just like when you're alive, only faster and easier. Okay. Well, let's hopefully we, you know, go to someplace really positive and peaceful after you go, because, you know, if you're in the body right now, I know the mind can play tricks on you. I know my mind takes me to a lot of weird places. And when you, I'm wondering because you're in that physical body, and you are based, and you have a lot of things that are pulling you in different places because you have the body and you're very tied to the body. Mm-hmm. When you are out of the body, do you become constrained by the same types of, let's say, paranoid or thought process that you once have within your mind? Like, I'm wondering, how does your spirit, typically speaking, engage or practice uh, consciousness or perceive reality when outside the body? Because we're looking right now, like we're, we're talking because we're in a human form. We're taking on the human form. Right. And, we, you know, we're playing the role of humans. But once we're in the spirit, the pure form, between that point where we become or merge in with source or maybe that little phase in between, how mm-hmm. do you function and how, you, how do you perceive reality? Well, I think one thing to think about is that when you do depart this earth, your physical pain leaves you. You're not taking your knee pain. You're not taking your disease. You're not taking your addiction. That will leave you. Um, but what does stay with you is your emotions. Your okay. emotions. Too. So your emotions are very much a part of your soul and they will travel with you. And that's one of the reasons we have that little time in between is a chance to make peace with what we're feeling and to kind of make a bit of an assessment of how we did when we were on earth and hopefully resolve and forgive any mistakes we made. The, that's the emotional body that does travel with us and needs still healing and transmutation before either the next life or the next step, whatever you decide that's going to be. So may as well deal with our feelings while we're here, right? Yeah. Because, might as well process them and, and go with them. hundred percent. Yeah. When you are, um, is it, how do you help? Cause you mentioned the word you're talking about processing your shadow and that's mm-hmm. something that's I, and i'm glad it's getting a lot of traction because we haven't talking about it for a while more people are coming forth about it right. is there a way to tell the difference between whether or not you are experiencing the intense emotions of your shadow self or whether or not you are experiencing things that may be um a, a guide that is with you or a being that is around you that may necessarily be high or low. It just happens to be around you. How would you know? How do you, how can you tell the comparable difference between 
what you are processing within your own show, within your own shadow, compared to that which may be an entity that does not originate for you, but is an external, a non-physical entity around you. So I would definitely say if you're feeling something intensely, process it. Just process it, right? Doesn't really matter that much where it's coming from. I mean, yes, I think human beings pick up each other's feelings. And if we have an unconscious pattern or or wound or trauma or what have you that's not dealt with, that might be hiding out in our shadow, we might attract to us spiritual helpers that are either specialized in that wound or vibrate at the same rate as people with that wound. So I hope that made sense. And so if you're feeling it, feel it. You don't have to act on it, but give yourself a chance to feel it and finish it and forgive yourself and forgive the world. That's really the way to set yourself free. Okay. Thank you. And it seems like the more um, I've gotten to know you over the years, like you are not only communicating and helping people facilitate communications between the physical, non-physical, the bees that are out there, but you have, a, you have to look at the psychology behind what you're doing because there's so much more to it. When right. you are, I'm just curious, over the years, how have you grown and how have you changed as a result of some of the clients that you've met and some of the beings that you've come in contact with and the practices that you've done? How would you say you've grown and changed? Oh, gosh, you know, that's so hard to measure, right? I, I've been doing this work a long, long time. Um, and, and it's been fun and I've loved it. And I really think spirituality is a big adventure and it's the only thing I really want to be involved in, you know? Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know how much I've changed. You've known me a long time. Do you think I've changed? Yes. Hopefully growing. Hopefully I'm growing. That's always the goal. And hopefully I'm more at peace. Hopefully I'm wiser. I don't know. I still do some real silly things, but um, you know, I'm just trying to grow and enjoy my journey here on life. Like I think we're all doing right. Yeah. I think we're having a good time. I think you become like the Joan of Arc. You become, I, and you were, I always remember you being very, I was thought you were very sweet, but then it became like, like Joan of Arc, like warrior. Yeah, I, have, I, I think you're right I about never want to mess with you. Ever. Don't mess with me. No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I, no, actually, you're speaking about messing with people. I mean, let, let's put aside the fact of what I do to telemarketers, but let, that's another story for another time. <laughs> Is there anything okay. that you can do to kind of put an energy field around you, which would kind of insulate you from any kind of lower level entities or people that have harmful intentions? Are there any kind of practices? I mean, is it? Uh, I mean, like the telemarketers. Right. <laughs> I like to tell them, I mean, telemarketers, but people want to harm, uh, like, is there lavender oil? Did you say right. it's kind of strange? The other day, uh, actually, two days ago, I had a low level cold and I was getting this intuitive feeling to sage myself. And I did. Mm-hmm. And, and um, it cleared up very, very quickly. So right. I'm just um, wondering is there any practices that, that you would recommend for people to kind of hold uh, lower level or mid level cases at bay? Right. I mean, gee, the sage or any kind of smudge, people use different things. Frankincense is wonderful for that. Um, a combination of frankincense and myrrh can be nice. Any sacred smoke, boom, does change the energy really, really fast. I like to have a daily routine. So even just if I shower, I always shower with white light. I set my aura the way that I want it to be by visualizing it and saying some affirmations and really just keeping that energy the way I feel like I need it to be, depending mm-hmm. on what I'm going to focus on that day. I think that carrying crystals can be a way to mitigate the harmful, you know, people who are kind of coming at you. It just puts up a force field so that they don't come out as strong or, or bother you as much. Oh, a long, 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 long time ago, I used to have a job where I worked um, at a group home for teenage moms. And there was a little tiny nun there. And she was, of course, not paid. She was a sister and she ran the whole place. She was about, oh gosh, maybe five foot one and 
95 pounds. I don't know. She's a little tiny lady. And we were in the ghetto. We were in the very crime-ridden neighborhood. That's where the facility was located. And she used to walk out at night like nothing was wrong. And I was always amazed by her. Fearless. Completely, totally fearless. And I I kind of admired that. I, I really try to walk through the world the same way because I perceived that it was her lack of fear that kept her safe. So I feel like, hey, if I walk through the world, you know, kind of calm and resilient and keep my smile on in general, the world is good back to me. That's awesome. See, I, I need to hear more of that. More of that. You're not. You're not Italian, right? I am half Italian. Yeah. That's how is that possible? How is that possible? Because every other person I know that's Italian. I mean, I, I'm extreme Italian, <laughs> but like everyone else is like you know is fearing of death, and I, I admire the fact that you, know, you didn't think about that. And of course, I have to ask you a death question. Um, okay, I'm for that. Um, when you see certain people, do you ever sense or get an idea that they have a certain amount of uh, time here left on Earth? Do people have a a built-in clock. I imagine that most people can't see what they're going to be here, but do you pick up on it or sense when they, 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 their time is shorter? I mean, I do sometimes have that sense like, oh, wow, I don't think this person is going to be here any longer. There are changes sometimes in the aura. If someone's very ill, you can see a shift in their auric field. Um, at times, there's just an energy shift when someone's really kind of in the final year or two, even three years of their life, things seem to shift for them. Um, but, you know, I see it like this. I feel like we have these windows that we might walk out of, you know, or doorways, I guess I should say, that you might cross through the doorway, but you might not. So my feeling about that is for the most part, it's none of my business. And I really don't say anything to anybody. Um, the only time once in a while that will come up in a reading, like if a family's trying to make a plan, if they have a sick loved one or someone that they want to take care of and they're just trying to make a good decision. And then spirit does help me give them a little bit of a timeline. But for the most part, I really don't feel it's my job or my there's no 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 good can come of it for me to sit around and try to predict death i don't i don't think that's beneficial so i tend to leave it alone okay but yeah. um i appreciate that you didn't want to go near and touch it but some people maybe they're saying well look I, I want to stick around for longer i want to stay around longer i don't want to have right. like a random like something random violence it's so strange the news is so toxic because you just see these people having a random you know family and next thing you know something crazy happens and they're not there and then it's, it's so it seems like so random, so senseless. And you wonder if it was something that was planned. And, and then wondering, do people have the option of uh, developing any kind of relationship with their higher self and pray? So listen, I don't want to leave suddenly, or I'm kind of like done. I'm not. I don't have a family. I'm ready to walk off. There are too many crazies on this planet. I mean, can you kind of uh, shift the odds in your favor, or yeah. uh, push yourself more heavily towards protecting and being here? Or, yeah, or I think both. Yeah, for sure. I, I truly think both things are possible. I mean, I really think we're each of us, the creators and the authors of our own destiny. So for the most part, we really do have a lot of flexibility. Um, you know, there was a time I was quite sick a few years ago. I really wasn't feeling well. And I was like, gosh, if it weren't for my daughter, I would totally check out. I just wasn't feeling well. But because I love my child so much and my dog so much and my life so much and my client so much, all that love made me say, okay, I got I to gotta get together. I'm going to get past that. And it gave me that kind of ferocious, you know, resilience to just keep going and, and to heal and to get better. And I, I've met so many people that have been through similar circumstances. I think that's well within the human capacity. And then, you know, the opposite's true, too. I do meet people who are at a stage of life where they say, I'm kind of done. I don't want to do that much more. I really want to go. And I do think that those people seem to make an internal choice. And then usually within a year or two, they exit one way or the other, too. 
So I do think we have a big influence over how long we stay here on the earth plane. Excellent. Well, hopefully uh, those who want to stay, stick around. And those who want to go, uh, they'll go. Hopefully be useful. Lisa, the final question we have for you is, is there any uh, predictions you may have for 2023? Anything you're feeling that will likely happen, likely occur, good, bad, or is it, you know, kind of still up in the air? <laughs> well, it's, up the insanity with the it's, a, it's, a, it's a daily struggle, right? But I can imagine. What, yeah. I mean, what I've been noticing, and I think a lot of people who are interested in truth and interested in what's happening on the earth right now are, no, are kind of noticing is that although there's been this huge push for tyranny and globalism and, you know, this kind of rallying cry about for maybe even a one world government or something along those lines. I'm really feeling this resistance from the everyday walking around people. I feel like people that didn't really get it a year ago are like, wait a second, this doesn't quite make sense. And so that's exciting. So that's not something we're going to see in the news. I think what we'll see in the news will seem sillier and sillier as time goes by with you know, uh, you know, what was this headline that went by last week that somehow gas stoves are causing death? Yeah, like, they want to claim they want <laughs> gas stoves cause myocarditis or something. Why am I, I finding it hard to believe? I, I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, it seems not true to me. Anyway, so yeah, I think I think headlines like that are actually doing more to wake people up. People, are, you know, everyday people are kind of saying this is this is not reality. This is not what I believe anymore, and so. We're seeing a change. It's not a revolution like I almost thought at one point we might have. It's more Gosh. like, an, you know, at least for the coming year, that's what it looks like to me. Miss Lisa McGarity, a renowned psychic medium, soon to be best-selling author and owner of the Vision Crystal. Thank you so much for being with us today, for sharing your love and wisdom. You can learn more about Lisa by going to envisioncrystal.com. Please check out our store. She's got a lot of uh, great products. And please go to lisamcgarity.com uh, to say again that uh, Lisa is one of my uh, closest friends. And she's also one of my greatest teachers. I've learned so much from Ms. McGarity. So some of the things you see and hear at Outer Limits are kind of originated from some of the conversations that Lisa and I had. So Lisa, honor to have you with us. Thank you. It's so great to be here. Thank you. Thank you, Ryan. I really love spending time with you. Have a great so- night. Okay, everyone, that concludes today's edition of the Out of Limits of Inner Truth Radio Show. Special thanks to our unbelievable guest, and special thanks as always to our virtues, Miss Carrie O'Connor, Miss Constance Dallas, and our social producer, Jenny Lamisa. To learn more about the Out of Limits of Inner Truth, please go to our website at outoflimitsradio.com. And till the next time we meet, my friends, I wish upon you an abundance of peace. Love and beers. Take care and thank you so much for listening. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records.